0: Know your neighbor. It's not asking much. Simple, humane, and we'd like to think a logical approach. Welcome and thanks for joining us. Know your neighbor is a platform for constructive but brutally honest discussion on varying perspectives of race relations. Yes, it can often be viewed as complex and to be fair, it probably is. We're approaching it in a simple way by having a conversation about it, allowing perspectives that oppose our own, and listening to understand. The aim? To know your neighbor. This simple gesture should be better for us all.
1: Hi, my name is Keenan Karelse. I'm a South African currently living in the United Kingdom. Being outside of South Africa has actually just made me realize more how much I love it.
2: How's it, and welcome to all the listeners. wandi Matondo here born and raised in KZN Imlazi, now living in Johannesburg. Trust you guys will enjoy the podcast.
0: And I'm Aubrey Roo, a 32-year-old Afrikan-speaking white guy living in Cape Town.
2: In this exciting episode of the Know Your Neighbor podcast, we are joined by digital content creator, Apple Mugwen. The discussion will be centered around beauty and all the underlying perceptions which surround it. Hope you enjoy.
0: we're excited to have our first guest speaker on know your neighbor podcast um she is a lady and we're very excited to have a lady on the podcast for the first time um apple mcquena thanks for joining us um, and welcome to know your neighbor podcast
3: thank you so much i really appreciate it um yeah i mean i've heard a bit about what the podcast is about and I was really excited to be a part of it. So thank you. I really appreciate
0: it. Excellent. So let's get straight into it. Uh, tonight we are talking a bit more about um, beauty. And it's something that, that popped up um, at the end of episode one, um, where Wandile was, was chatting about how in his earlier days, um, or younger days rather, um, for some reason – wasn't quite sure at the time why, and that's okay, we're exploring things here, Um, he had the notion, and he felt not only himself, but also others, um, kind of peers and people around him, where there was an idea that fairer skin often equated to more beauty, or that was the perception, so we want to kick off and, and chat actually tonight about In asking the question, um, we often hear the thing about, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, and we want to ask tonight, or is it? Um, So, are there unconscious or conscious filters that affect our perception about beauty? Wandi, so you, you landed episode one with with that thought. So let's start with you and, and find out if you've had some more thinking about that and, and yeah, what your thoughts are. Um,
2: thanks, Obst. Um I think to take off where we landed the last time, it, I would agree that beauty is definitely an uh, eye of the beholder, first of all. Because um, I think even just over recent, well not recent, but the past years, in many cases, you'd see certain guys who, with their wives or spouses, and you'd kind of sort of pass on a judgment um, and feel as though he perhaps could have done better, you know, <laughs> according to how you expect um, someone who looks the way they look to sort of what kind of person you'd expect them to be with. Um, but, you know, like, as you grow older once again, I think you start to break down certain mental molds um, that somehow were there previously and you get to understand things differently. Hence I would agree with beauty being something that is in the eye of the beholder. Cause I think it's just so I was actually talking with someone about it at work just a couple of weeks ago, how it's weird how at times you can meet someone, um, know them for a while, but only get attracted to them at a very later stage in your relationship or friendship or whatever it might be at that point and i think that for me speaks more to the fact that you know it it takes more than just physical appearance to to find beauty in a person because the more you get to know somebody and the more sort of substance you uncover about them and so forth and so forth ends up getting to getting them to a point where they become beautiful perhaps in your eyes you know so I, I would agree as well that there definitely are filters that have been put in place in our minds. I, I still don't have the answers regarding that. Um, but yeah, it's so just, cool. yeah, it's, it's two way, it's two way, it's two way.
0: Cool. And, and um, what, I mean, let's just, even if you don't have it clear, let's just, let's explore that. Let's dig into that a bit. So what do you think some of those filters might be um, that kind of affected your? And, and let's let's talk about you, and we'll talk about the rest of us in due course. But what were some of those things that may have affected your kind of view of beauty and and also kind of skin color connected to that beauty or the perception of beauty um, in the earlier days?
2: Sure. I think in the last recording, I did touch on media potentially playing a part, um, which I would still sort of kind of stick to, even though I wouldn't have any concrete sort of backing for for that. But I think up until a certain point, I recall anything. I mean, I think even the recent clicks advert to an extent might um, kind of highlight um, what I'm speaking of where, for example, a... Uh, uh, um, Uh, A lighter sort of person's, a lighter complexion person or white person in that instance, Mm. um, is considered to sort of represent beauty and beautiful hair and so forth. Whereas the African slash black person or darker person um, immediately gets put out as um, the not so beautiful, not so great hair type of thing. And I think just growing up, um, I don't know really, like if you look at the music videos we used to watch, um, the girls used to be yellow bones in most cases, or they were considered more appealing at the time and, and and so forth. Just even in schools, the the yellow or light-skinned girls are always the ones that were the most sought after and so forth. Um so I think it's just been a bunch of things, but I definitely hold media accountable to a large part. Because like I said, it's not something that our parents I don't recall my parents sort of instilling in me that I must sort of look at someone's complexion or skin tone and gauge whether they're beautiful or not based off of, of, off of purely that. So I think yeah. TV definitely has a big part to play. Yeah, you know, yeah. has a big, big part to play, media in general.
0: Okay, cool. Mm. Uh, Apple, um, I'm really actually – I, I said it up front, but now that we're into the conversation even more so, I'm really stoked that we have a lady as part of this particular conversation and this point of, yeah. of uh, discussion. Um yeah, what what do you think about this? And and also what is your what has your experience been in the past of this?
3: I must agree a hundred percent with um Wandile's sentiments. Media does play um a primary role in instilling certain beliefs about people of a darker skin. So if you are lighter, like you said, if you're lighter, you're most likely to get the most attention. But if you're darker, people warm up to you at quite a later stage. So I'm dark. Like I've always been, I'm not the darkest of them all, but you know, off the page you can already know, you already know that I'm dark. And you get people who say to you, you're so pretty for a dark skinned girl. Like, yeah. why can't I just be pretty for being pretty? <laughs> why do I have to be pretty for being, you know what I mean? Like, on the on the spectrum of dark skin people, you stand out. Why is why am I being judged on that spectrum? Why can't I just be ju- judged for like as a general thing? Like you are so pretty. Leave it at mm-hmm. that. And it's that. And um, with our parents, I'm not sure where they get it from. Right, our parents, the older generation, and and and. But growing up, there's this song. Um, it's a wedding song. Yeah. I think it's a Sutu song, and it says, just to loosely direct, um, to loosely translate it rather. Mm. It says, like, just come out. Everyone must come out of their houses, come and see the bride looks like a, a coloured, you know, and obviously because mm. the coloured people are light skinned. Mm. So, you know, why, why does light skin or the issue of colorism, why is it directly linked? to mm. beauty and why can't you have a chat about dark skinned people and how dark skinned people are beautiful without having to compare dark skinned people to light skinned people so it's just mm. a, a media thing um, I'm just not sure with our appearance where they get it from because when you watch like old um, I have like a particular program in mind it's called when you watch that show you don't necessarily see light skinned people but and they're from that class of people that don't that didn't have light-skinned people on tv that had people of course hair, but mm. there's still a filter that they need to use to judge people so it's that and yeah i think i've, I've lost my train of thought there's something that i wanted to say but i'll come back to it
0: okay cool yeah it, i mean it it is it, i mean I, I should maybe say just to balance this out that i'm not Trying to qualify it in any way, but it's definitely not a South African issue, and it's it's global. Uh, I mean, I was fascinated. I was in in Asia about two years ago. No, there's more. Four years ago, and I I couldn't believe what an industry and the volume of adverts, products of skincare products that were basically marketed to. Um, this was in Thailand to Thai people um, to to kind of give them a fairer complexion through certain creams that they could use and all sorts of things. So in saying that, let's let's keep it close to home. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, Kini, what what do you think?
1: You know, I'm gonna <clears throat> I'm gonna expose myself now, but I uh, I think it will add to the conversation, and um, I do believe that media definitely. Um, plays a part in in our uh, in our idea of what beauty is right because um, I was just as you guys were talking I was thinking who's like the first person that I thought was really beautiful right so that literally comes from TV and I don't know if, if you guys but I'm going to expose myself now we used to watch uh, Bold and the Beautiful like um religiously in our house right yeah. and I can remember like being six seven years old now thinking like this Hunter Tyler who was tailoring the show, she's like drop dead gorgeous or whatever, right? So that was like my first TV crush. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um, I was I was just thinking now, and I was thinking of the show, like uh, on that particular show, I can almost not um, recount any black person on that mm-hmm. particular TV show. And that is just the effect that um, the media has got because in most of Hollywood and also to an effect when we grew up, this is like 90s, late 80s, whatever, mm-hmm. um, you didn't see lots of black people on TV or the programs that I watched, right? If it was Afrikaans shows me being colored from South Africa, I didn't really see lots of black people. I maybe started watching Generations and those kind of things when I was um, uh, in high school or so, right? So my my image of beauty was already like, um, the foundation for my image of beauty was laid when I was six, seven years old and Hunter Tyler was the most, most beautiful woman in the world, you know, so guys don't laugh at that, but it's the truth. <laughs> Yeah. So um, <clears throat> I do think media plays a part, but I also think from a South African perspective, it also comes down to the status or the social status that we as a nation like place on people. Because if you think about it in South Africa, like you had the, the, I don't know what it's called. In, is it tri, I don't know, in Afrikaans, it's a, the the parliament in South Africa where it was the white, the Indian and the colored, tri karma or something. I don't know if you guys Take can help me or- out camera or whatever it was but so black people didn't even have yeah. a, a a say in like um in government and stuff right so i think that also the fact that like we've always like placed black people in south africa like in the lowest uh social category um ir- historically so just in our psyches i think there's that thing like always like no black is like not the the the, the, the prettiest because black is associated with like i'm saying now i'm speaking under hypothetical uh, scenarios in our minds like the psyche of the nation black is like the the always the the worst that you can get right so i do think that also has an effect because the value that we place on people's skin color in itself like is um is historically been influenced so that's why on most in in some instances it's always like no black is not beautiful white necessarily is like the most the most beautiful because even in the colored community as i alluded in our first episode there was that thing of like now if you fairer skin then you've got a certain advantages. so yeah that's
3: that's my take on it before you move away from the chat about um contributors to this perception of beauty from a woman's perspective um with our generation men are also a part of the concept that a particular type of woman is pretty or is attractive because we see how men react to lighter skinned women. you know mm. you I can tell I mean if I'm working with a friend of mine and a friend of mine is lighter, chances mm. are if men and I don't condone this, but I'm for purposes of making this mm. example. If I walk with a friend who is lighter than me, chances are if men are going to call us or going to try to get our attention, they're most likely going to want to get the friend's attention first because she's lighter and because she stands out. And so for someone who might not have good confidence or whatever the case may be, or a self-esteem issue you will think about whether you really are pretty. It will have you questioning yourself. It will have you questioning. Um, in fact, your esteem will be broken because whenever you are in an environment where men are, you're concerned about why is it that the friend gets the most attention? And then as much as we pretend like we don't really care what men think, you kind of mm-hmm. want people to give you attention. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. for us, men are contributors of this whole notion and this whole perception that a particular type of woman is pretty i mean if you are if you don't have a booty i'm just going to put it that way if you don't have a booty and your friend has a big booty you know and men are giving her the attention you know what i mean it's going to create mm. an insecurity in you to say ah so because i don't have a big booty i don't matter So you guys are a problem.
2: Sorry, we are Apple. I
1: was was just thinking if if any of these guys say yes, now, they're gonna be in trouble with their
3: partners.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Joking.
2: If if I can just step in there, I mean, it's interesting what you say, Apple. But now, as you speak, I'm I'm also left wondering: are men really? Are they primary contributors, or are they actually victim to? some system which has made them sort of view um, women the way they do and pursue women based on what they pursue them based on if you if you get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why this conversation is so important because I think it'll leave us in a much clearer space uh, in terms of that, you know, because we, we might just be victim. I mean I've back home, Mlazi, like I've 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 had conversations with guys and I mean I, I love the township. I always hang around people in the townships and stuff. I really enjoy, even now that I'm in Joburg, I like, visit Soweto as frequently as possible. But at times you'll you'll pick up in conversation, for example, um, say a light-skinned girl walks by and a guy starts raving about them. Um, you'll often hear remarks like, yo, I'm sure this one would give me pretty babies type of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, So mm-hmm. it, it, it even goes as deep as that. You know, so... I think there's a big systematic, there's a big system that's sort of fed us whatever we've been fed and it's been ingrained in our minds. And yeah, hopefully we can we can flip that because I mean, I think, yeah.
3: For purposes of accountability, I, I agree with you, but at some point the system, you have agency as a human, right? And at some point the system can't infiltrate beyond a certain notion that you have about something mm. or beyond a certain belief that you hold so at some point if you bring it down what men think of women matters to women okay mm. <laughs> So what? and what vice versa think is pretty mm. okay okay i didn't yeah. know that no okay, no
0: nothing. no i mean of course i i, I, yeah. I definitely guys are, i mean might come across <laughs> macho and this and that but of course they care about what what ladies think of them and actually on that note i I was wondering how do you view men apple like are have you had a history of thinking fairer men are more attractive or is it a notion that is only coming from the one side or is it also coming from ladies side and and it's not i I don't want to say it's it's a tricky one because I don't want to say that it's right or wrong, I just want to say it is what it is, and I agree with you let's now now that we know it is what it is, let's talk about it like we do, here and try and understand it and then see where that takes us. but I'm keen to hear from a from a lady's point of view if if you also view fairer skinned men more attractive or maybe if you don't currently have you in the past
3: mm. man for <laughs> me. For me, it's mad tricky because I've always um, viewed fairer-skinned men. I've always been attracted to lighter-skinned men. Um, so And it just it just happens, you know. It's just, just, just a force of habits. Um, but the thing is, amongst women, darker men are... The thing, so the description is tall, dark, and handsome. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's just what yeah. me, what women like, and it's never been a conversation to say, "Oh, I like a light-skinned guy." Usually, amongst women, dark, lighter-skinned men are perceived as weak. As you know, why are you light-skinned? It's such a, <laughs> it's such a female, feminine soft. feature to have. Yeah, you know what I mean. You soft. <laughs> so, but for me personally, I've always. Like light, light-skinned men um, and it has never been like a you're soft or you're not soft type thing i mean they're pretty good looking like dark-skinned men um but i don't think i'd go out of my way if the options obviously were available i don't think i'd go out of my way to date a darker-skinned person um not solely based on their complexion it's only based on the fact that it's a preference and that alone is also problematic because where men are concerned, and if men say things like, My preference is light skinned women, we as dark skinned women are up in take arms. Offense. I don't yeah. know, we take offense and I don't know why, you know, but again, it's a societal issue. It's just how we were socialized. Mm. It's a problem.
0: Mm. And I, I mean, I, I must, yeah, I mean, I, I think it, I've now been wondering if, because what we're talking about now kind of starts to elude into the, second part of what we wanted to discuss, but I think the conversation would definitely be kind of, uh, what did I say? would have less value if I didn't say this, that I'm thinking now is that um, it's, it's ironic that the system and I, there must be a system. There is a system. I'm, I'm convinced of it. That, that's anyway, that's how I feel about it. Um, but in saying that, it's fascinating because as humans, we're explorers. If you just look at how the, the the globe has become globalized, and people have travelled and searched and look for different things, and like to travel to experience different experiences, and I would be lying if I said that I myself and a lot of my a lot of my white friends at times have said that hey, we actually actually obviously younger years i'm married now (laughs) (laughs) just
1: just putting the disclaimer out there (laughs) yes
0: i must say that (laughs) um but that hey like it would be cool to date a colored girl or a black girl or someone from a different culture or race um just because you don't know and i mean even if i take that from a global perspective like It's it's not a secret that when that like in South Africa like often German men are like associated with liking to date black women when they're in South Africa when they visit South Africa or when they come and live here. So the irony is is that we're explorers as human beings. What your preference ends up being um, is very much determined by you knowing what is what. What is it that you like or dislike because you've experienced it? If you've never experienced it, how would you know? You know. So um, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but the irony is that for sure Hollywood, and I mean there's actually a very good show on Netflix currently, I think it's called Hollywood if I'm not mistaken. but that basically gives a reflection of how Hollywood from its founding days were, was crafted to exclude black people or people who weren't white and we know how powerful hollywood is and it in itself is a system even before you get to all the racial injustices of the past in south africa and in the west so but i think just the fact the whole for me it's fascinating that we've created systems that actually oppose what we are as human beings which is explorers
2: just if if i can step in there i'll because you actually touched on something I, I, I was thinking of and wanted to mention as well. So obviously, I mean, I had a, a good five, six years of my life working in a, a, a shop, shopping malls, um, across the country. So the thing with that is that you see hundreds, if not thousands of people on a daily basis. And I was actually thinking that, and over the years, I've discussed this with a few mates as well. Mm. Um, very often when you find interracial couples where there's a a white male and a a black female, I think 90% 90 of the time, the black female has always been dark-skinned, you know? I've never, I can't recall many occasions where I've seen a white male married to a black female who's of a a light skin tone or almost in-between skin tone, which is something, another point that's also interesting for me, you know, because now... Mm. I'm curious as to what's, what's with that then. So mm. what feeds him, what makes them anti-light-skinned black girls, <laughs> if that's the case. So not that they're anti, but I'm just, I'm just saying it's very interesting for me that they yeah. tend to go for <laughs> the much darker-skinned black women. Um, think of Matthew Boot and Sonia Boot, and I'm sure there's mm. hectic other examples. I mean, Seal and his wife, um, who's that model that he married? Mm. Um, there's just so many examples you can think of but yeah yeah, I don't know just an interesting point to put out there as well
0: yeah so uh, um, what are the uh, I think yeah I mean our next the next point that we've put out there to discuss what are the potential causes of these filters if they do exist now we've we've almost kind of naturally divulged into that already and Wandi you you mentioned the, the clicks, um, kind of the outrage over the clicks advert, and all the steps that have been taken since then. Um, so, I mean, let's let's keep talking about that because maybe there is some uncharted territory or things we haven't gotten to around that. Um, something maybe just to kind of kind of fuel that conversation from the start is what I have been wondering about. Um, and and often as a as a white person you you feel guilty for thinking or, or kind of asking these questions but i i can honestly say that i'm asking it from a from a point of wanting to understand is where will or where does the balance lie in these things um if you take the clicks advert as an example if we turn the tables um momentarily In a society that that is in South Africa that is mostly black um, in terms of the numbers, Um, and say I don't know how many years five years ten years fifty years from now, um, white people are obviously already the minority. So let's let's turn the tables and say in that day um, now there's an ad that goes out that says. Um, healthy hair with a with a black model um, and broken, damaged hair with a white model. Um, will white people in that day and age take offense to that advert when the tides have been turned and if the tides have been turned? So that's obviously, I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate here, but I'm keen to just chat a bit about where Where does that balance lie? And if we're saying there's a system, how are we fixing that system? When, Where will we find this balance? Is there a balance? I don't know, but I'm I'm, I'm curious as to what your thoughts are on that.
1: I've got a view on this, unless someone else wants to jump in.
0: No, go for it, Kim.
1: So I think this particular issue with regards to clicks needs to be seen in light of South Africa's history. And um, just how... Especially hair is uh, is actually a, a big thing for for people when it comes to beauty because if you just think about it in South Africa they they did have the the issue where like um if a pencil could go through your hair that kind of determined your race and all kinds of rubbish like that mm-hmm. so the the clicks ad it's a sensitive thing because hair has always been a a a thing by which people have been identified now in that particular ad yeah I can understand that even like the executives that um that uh, that um, uh, okayed or or um, signed off on the ads were, were black people, you know, um the fact that uh that that kind of thing gets out there can hundred percent get people to, to um take offense to it because now you say white is normal and black is 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 dry and dull or what was the thing I can't remember,
0: mm, something like that, yeah,
1: yeah, and um but I but I think if it's the case that uh, in South Africa that to be the case that white people were were like um oppressed and um, uh, discriminated against and and if the tables were turned in that sense then you could have a, a situation like this again. but in South Africa uh, this is my um, uh, um subjective opinion. there's no uh, discrimination against against white people in South Africa to the fact where they are being discriminated against how they look and like um, they being degraded, their looks are being degraded to a, to an, ex- an extent like it was against black people and colored people. Um, in the past South Africa so if that had to be the case yes then it could be the case that white people could have the same response but I don't believe that is currently happening in South Africa even though some people might disagree um, the constitution of South Africa is for all people and 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 accordingly uh, I don't I don't believe that people are being judged on their hair and stuff like that with a pencil test nowadays so I don't think it would be that big an issue in future
0: Apple, I know you were struggling a bit with a with a slow line earlier, but if you're if you're back with us, um, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, my
3: sentiments are very much similar to those of Keenan's. Um, given our history as Black South Africans, and also just not like as a Black South Africans thing, as Black people in general, we've been through slavery, we've been through apartheid, and all sorts of. Um, um instances where we were marginalized so at no point do i feel that currently with the history that we have it will ever get to a point where it's quote unquote reverse racism uh, for lack of better wording but perhaps generations that will follow will have a different experience of each other on a racial front and maybe at that time white people will get offended but for now because we have like a very strong history um i hashtag doubt it <laughs> cool. Cool.
1: but guys you know so um because we're having these kind of conversations now with know your neighbor hopefully that that's not an issue in the future people start talking about these things so we can iron it out and eventually you know uh, get to love in in, in harmony
0: <laughs> yeah i mean I, I asked that question about um about where the balance lies because I, I can I can imagine that there will be some white people who, who will, will kind of look at a scenario like that and, and might go get their back up a bit and think but what happens if the tables or when the tables are turned because there's a bit of a fear factor potentially in what that could or would look like. Um, and then also uh, I think because... White people, in a lot of instances, kind of experience some transformational initiatives like BEE and things like that as something that's a threat to their careers. They might go, "Ooh, guys, where are, where is the balance going to be in this thing once the tables turn?" And I do agree that if it ever happens, it's it's far off. But I'm just trying to bring that perspective to to the conversation. So, um, so yeah.
1: We spoke about quite a lot today, even the bold and the beautiful, focusing on the beauty side of it though. We explored what it is that forms our foundations of beauty, hopefully you can have a think about what influences your concepts of beauty too. It was great having our first guest on the show, so thanks Apple for joining us today. Speak to you guys soon again, please keep an eye out for our next episode.